Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. This week is a big episode, okay? There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. This is potentially one of the most pivotal moments in Get Around Me history and we'll see how we go as we embark on this next 45 minutes together You know, sometimes a story will present itself. Sometimes an incident will occur in the world that is so quintessentially get around me, that so closely aligns with the values and ethics of this podcast, that just the mere thought of talking about it on the airwaves overwhelms me. It's so, it's such, it's such a topic that is up my alley that it's almost too good to be true, okay? And that's what we have on our hands today. Obviously, I'm referring to the incident, Carl Stefanovic versus Michael Clark in one of the great altercations. Although no hands were thrown, you know, verbals were thrown. It was alpha versus alpha, two apex predators stuck in a room, hashing it out, lots to get into there. I'll speak about that a bit further on in the podcast. Um, But I just wanted to let you know that I am very well aware of the gravity of today's podcast, okay? Potentially could be podcast of the year. We're not even out of January yet. And am I saying this podcast will be podcast of the year as far as, you know, the rest of the podcasts out there on the the spectrum? No. I'm saying within the, the realm of Get Around Me, this could be right up there, okay? So I'm feeling the pressure and I'm hoping... I can rise to the occasion. Unfortunately, the timing of this incident was horrific because it happened on a Wednesday night. Literally, as as I posted the podcast for the next day, Clarky starts, you know, throwing haymakers. And so the timing was poor. I'm a little late to the party. There was talks of an emergency podcast, but then it was like, fuck, am I going to do an emergency podcast on the Thursday when the actual podcast comes out? You know, the timing was horrific, but never, better late than never, I am here to address that issue with all all the thoroughness it deserves, okay? But until then, let's crack in to a couple of things, a couple of appetizos, you know, little little taste test, little morsels, something to nibble on uh, before we jump into that incident between really two of the patron saints of Get Around Me in Clarkie and Carl Stefanovic. So here we go. What's been happening, dude? i tell you what, I've been under the weather. I've been sick. I've been ill. Nothing too wild. But basically, I went to the doctors the other day. Going to the doctors as an experience has completely changed, okay? Because before, you'd call them up and say, can I have an appointment with who gives a fuck and they'd say we'll see you at 11 you'll be in there at 3 p.m you know you'll be out of there at 307 and you'll have to take a day of leave but it's free healthcare. who's complaining not me we absolutely love the system and now it is actually quite difficult to find a doctor that does bulk billing i found out the other day which is a separate issue for a separate podcast uh to tackle in their own time but now, with the uh, booking system, it's all on the line 
as Vince Vaughn would say, and you get to pick your own doctor in a new sort of format where I don't know who to pick. It, it All of them, it says their credentials. They're all smarter than me. If that's what the point of the paragraph was trying to point out, I'm very well aware they're more qualified medical professionals than I am. That's actually why I'm seeking their help. But as far as trying to work out who's who on this list, it's quite difficult. Obviously, like any man with two brain cells to rub together, I immediately scroll past the litany of white men and women and found the first Asian bloke worth his salt to look after my ailment, okay? Now, I don't want to stereotype anyone, but if you want to go to Dr. Thompson, you know, Dr. Craig Thompson, and and let this Macquarie University graduate have a swing at trying to fix whatever ails you, then that's your business. But I personally would feel a lot more comfortable with a Dr. Yang or Dr. Lee looking after me, okay? I just don't want to... I don't want to I don't want to be treated by some guy who I got drunk with 8 years ago. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get treated by some white guy who went to uni in 1983 in Australia. Okay? It just doesn't fill me with confidence. You know what I mean? So I'd prefer no choice at all. I like the old system of just you get who you get. I trust them all the same. The fact you're giving me this choice on is really it's unsettling because sometimes you go to the doctor, you don't get the answers you're looking for and you're thinking, oh, well, I don't know. That's how the cookie crumbles. But now, if you go to the doctor and he, do- and he doesn't sort you out, you're thinking, well, fuck, I picked the wrong one. You know, the onus is now on the patient in a way that we've not seen before. But anyway, went to the doctors. Why is it so hard to convey your symptoms to the doctor? Okay, this is not the doctor's fault in any way, shape, or form. But when they ask what's wrong with you, it's so hard to just, like, I'm explaining it, but you could, you could just tell it's not getting across. He's like, what are you even talking about? I, I told the doctor what was wrong with me. He started, this guy, he starts grabbing my calves. He goes, have you got any pain in your calves? I go, have I come to the physio by mistake? What are you talking about, mate? He goes, I'm just checking it hasn't spread to your calves. I'm thinking, mate, what has spread to my calves? What was, I don't know what you're referring to, mate. You're freaking me out, you know? But, you know, like any doctor's appointment, we get to that point where he goes, do you drink? If so, how much? This is a tired topic for comedians to tackle and a tired topic for pop culture, really, because anything over two beers a fortnight appears to be classed as binge drinking. And you can just see as you tell the guy how much you drink, you know, that you do in fact take drugs. I could just see this guy getting less interested in helping me by the second, okay? <laughs> and I don't blame him, you know? He said, he said, do you drink on the weekends? Which I appreciated. That's a good version of that question. Because when they say how many drinks on average do you have a night? It's like, well, if we're going from the week as a whole... We're going to take the amount of drinks I'm having on the weekend and sort of spread them out across the week. That paints the picture of a man who's coming home from work each day having like a six-pack every night, which I can, I can assure you is not the case. Okay, so I appreciated that he segmented the weekend and the weekdays. And he said, how, you know, how much do you drink? I said, 
you know, until I'm done, mate, okay? And he said, how often's that? I said, well, I'm currently serving a six-month ban at the Delaney Hotel. So fucking use your imagination, you know what I mean? But it's always awkward when you got to tell them how much you drink because on paper, it looks horrific, okay? On paper, when you, you tell them how much you drink and you put that up against the recommended health advice of the modern day, you know, when you went to the cricket in 1973 to the SCG, it was a limit of 24 cans per person. That was to get into the ground. You could bring them from home. I'd love to go see a doctor in 1973, even though the medical advice at the time, you know, he'd probably just tell you to harden the fuck up and that if the pain continues for another another week or so, you're probably most likely a gay man. So even though the advice would would leave you would leave you with not much to go on, at least you wouldn't have to have these awkward conversations where the guy sort of nudges you in the direction of admitting you're an alcoholic. But always awkward. The guy said, do you take any recreational drugs? I'm thinking, mate, they're the only kind, brother. Okay. We're not down at the pub doing lines of penicillin. Get your head out of the sand, mate. Okay. But this guy was a legend. <laughs> I told you, do you ever have a doctor just seem he's way cooler than you think? My doctor was this like 30 year old Asian guy, sharp as a tack. Uh, and I stereotyped him thusly when I picked him. But he said, he said, do you smoke weed? Oh, no. He said, do you do any drugs? I said, oh, I smoke weed quite regularly. And he said, just quick as a whip, he goes, how many cones we talking? And then I thought, fuck, it made me sit up in my seat and go, okay, this guy's got a bit of that dog in him. You know, I'm dealing with a real one here. Leave your lies at the door, Darcy. This guy sees right through you. But it's interesting at the doctor when they say, you know, how many drinks do you consume? Do you do any drugs? It feels like at the doctors, they see humans as two boxes. And those are triathlete, sober guy, and full-blown junkie. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of wiggle room for anything in between. I think there needs to be a third box that you can tick that just says weekend warrior. And that implies that, you know, from the when you wake up on Monday till about 3 p.m. on Friday, your habits are pretty above board. You know, I drink, you know, I'm drinking long blacks. We eat pretty healthy at the pad during the week. Maybe I have one or two beers at a gig. I come home, I blaze it a little bit, and that's purely for, for relaxation and meditation purposes, okay? Very above board. And then on the weekend, there's about 36 hours where the hypothetical dogs are let out of their hypothetical cage. And it is just a fucking full-blown tornado of hedonism and tapping away your pay pass, not asking any questions whatsoever. Saying yes first, asking questions later, dealing with the consequences on Monday morning. Okay, where's that box? Where's that box, you know? And yeah, so... The doctor's always an awkward visit when you're an absolute low-breed pelican such as myself with bad habits. Um, but I went to the I went to the hospital because I had to get an X-ray, dude. I tell you what, there's nothing like walking into a hospital to remind you that your job is dumb and worthless and irrelevant. Okay, when you're in the company of nurses and doctors that are working in a hospital, round the clock saving lives, you just think, fucking hell. 
these guys actually matter. You know what I mean? Like I'm stressed out about upcoming tour dates or some shit, or I've got a host, I've got a host to gig at this RSL. Oh no. It's like very much puts into perspective that whether you're a comedian or a HR rep or some sort of a real estate slash personal training pelican, that really there's only four or five jobs on God's green earth that actually fucking matter. And the rest of us are more or less filling the time until the weekend. So it was good to get that perspective. But but this is a good reminder as well that if something's wrong with you, you should go to the doctor ASAPio because like most men out there, uh, I like to give any disease I might have a six-week head start uh, before I look into treating it in any way, shape or form. You know, any... <laughs> Any pussy can fucking ask for help when they need it. It takes a real man to give a to give a disease a six week head start and really let it get the momentum it sorely needs to finish you off. Um, you know, prevention is for woke bitches, and it's, I think we can all agree on that. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting though because I thought. Uh, you know, I, I got good news of the doctor. He was like, mate, you're going to be okay. You're going to live to tell the tale. And that's almost worst case scenario because that reaffirms all the toxic masculine thoughts that have been running through my head for the past month or so. You know, I told you you were fine, you stupid bitch, Darcy. As I'm leaving the uh, the doctor's office, I walk past like a freaking some kid who looks like he's been dragged out of a coal mine, coughing into his hands. I'm thinking, God, the doctor could have been helping Oliver Twist over here. Instead, he spent 20 minutes telling me that excessive sweating after Brazilian barbecue is nothing to be alarmed about. So the doctors, it's a new experience at the doctors as far as choosing your doctor. And it's a new experience as far as being truthful about my habits to the great man. So once again, I am indebted to the fantastic healthcare system uh, that this nation has afforded us. And just a timely reminder and this is mostly aimed at blokes because because women don't seem to have as much trouble asking for help when they need it. Uh, that if you wake up and, you know, you can't feel your left leg or some weird shit, um, you know, you're smelling colours or God knows what's happening, that you should just go to the doctor that day. You know, you don't need to fucking wait it out <laughs> as I attempted to do. But anyway, enough fluffing around about this fantastic medical system and what a privilege it is to live in this great nation. Uh, as I'm recording this, it is Australia Day Eve. I understand that Australia Day has become quite a problematic day in this nation's calendar, and I am in favour of changing the date into something that the whole nation can get around. Uh, but just to, you know, it's Australia Day Eve, and while Australia Day might be problematic, I can assure you that Australia Day Eve uh, is still very much above board. So anyone going out and having a few schooners tonight, uh, you know, Feel free to let that Instagram story fly because Australia Day Eve is still up for grabs. But anyway, let's crack in to the reason we're all here. Michael Clark versus Carl Stefanovic in a battle of two of Australia's greatest alpha males. Okay, so I'm just going to explain this incident in its entirety for anyone who's not across it. And then we will pick apart this thing and analyze it and find out who's who and what's what in this situation. So, Michael Clark and Carl Stefanovic are on holiday in Noosa, of all places. What they're doing in Noosa is beyond me, 
Okay, Noosa is for middle-class New South Wales families to escape to. It's not for rich celebrities. Just go to the Maldives, lads. If you just went to the Maldives and got a private villa, none of this would have happened. But by the by, basically, Carl Stefanovic is married a woman about 27 years younger than him. Double-check that. And her sister started going out with Michael Clark in a situation that sees Carl Stefanovic and Michael Clark interlink their social worlds and become good mates in a true union of two of the greatest men this country has ever produced. So that's what's happened there. They're on sort of a double date holiday in Noosa. Michael Clark is going out with Jade Yarbrough. Okay. Jade Yarbrough and... My comedian compatriot, Andrew Barnett, had a tweet. He said, Yabra, more like Nabra, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. He said that could be a possible headline for the incident. Another one he, he quipped, and this is Andrew Barnett's joke. He said, two girls, one pup, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, anyway, so basically, it's come out on this holiday, allegedly, okay, yet to see any proof. Not that we need any. This situation doesn't really matter. But it's alleged that Michael Clark on December 17 had sex with his ex-girlfriend Pip Edwards, who leads the PE Nation activewear company or some shit. Anyway, that's Clarky's ex-missus. He broke up with her, moved on to Jade Yarbrough, and it's alleged that the great man had a bit of trouble making the transition and in a bit of a slide back had full-blown sex with Pip on December 17. Now, the confrontation happens up in Noosa. Jade is going nuts, saying that you've, you've fucked her, all of this, on December 17. The specificity of the date, I can't quite get past. It's one thing to accuse a man of cheating, but this girl has come with receipts, and I think Clarkie is in a bit of, bit of trouble here. Because how does she know it's December 17? You know what I mean? She's obviously got some form of evidence that would point to that particular date. So I dare say Clark is up Schick Creek without a paddle on this one. And there's video of this chick going nuts at Clarky. Clarky shirtless, sort of fuming, saying that it's not true. He swears on his daughter's life that it's not true. And she slapped him a couple of times. Clarky doesn't respond physically. So there's, you know, some sort of a silver lining in this whole incident. And then Carl Stefanovic, who is out of shot uh, from the iPhone video, is saying, come on, Clarky, ease up, mate. You know, in, in some of the more, you know, sane things that have come out of Carl's mouth over the years. And Carl said, you know, uh, sorry, Clarky said to Carl that, you know, she can hit me, but you can't, mate. And he called, called Carl Stefanovic a cunt and all the rest of it. And, and here we are. So let's get into it. Firstly... Did we fly too close to the sun with this whole union in the first place? I mean, you put two apex predators in a room, they're going to butt heads. There's going to be issues, okay? Is it reckless of Carl to introduce his sister-in-law uh, to a known chopsman in Michael Clark? As we know, Clarky has had a string of high-profile misses, from Lara Bingle to Kylie Clark to Pip Edwards uh, to everyone in between, and we know the great man does get peckish. Okay, so potentially reckless from Carl to introduce uh, his sister-in-law uh, to such a powerful rooting machine in Clarkie himself. 
But nevertheless, uh, Clarky, the first thing that comes to mind when I see this incident is that the great man is shirtless and he has let himself go. Now, traditionally, I would say that's just a bit of love fat. The great man is clearly head over heels in love uh, with Jade Yarbrough. But this whole incident would point to the fact that that might not be the case. So, hate to see Clarky looking so sloppy. And I think the fact that this was in Noosa really just powered up how sloppy this whole incident was. I mean, Clarky's got a gut out. I will say his hairline, despite the footage looking grainy, is unbelievable. Uh, there has been performance-enhancing rumors swirling his lid for quite some time. And as far as Silver Foxes go, Clarky is right up there. Holy fucking shit. I mean... His hairline could honestly defend Ukraine against Russia. It is just an absolute fortified thing. There's no there's no weakness in it. It's just across the board outstanding, okay? So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing with Clarkie is I think the great man has had a bit of work done to his face. He looks a bit puffy, but not in like a I've been having six beers a day type way. Uh, not in a way where he would have to confess his habits to his doctor as I did. You know, I think he's had a bit of a nip-tuck, maybe cheekbone situation. I don't know if there's a lip filler going on. I'm not privy uh, to how these things work in the eastern suburbs, but I'd like to take this opportunity to remind, you know, not necessarily women, but men specifically, that I'm yet to see a man get any work whatsoever done to his face and have it look good, Okay. Obviously, women are much more in the mix with this stuff. I don't want to comment on that as I don't know much about it. But I'm telling you, lads, don't get anything done to your face. It rarely comes out on top. And yeah, so Carl, let's touch on Carl in this whole incident. Firstly, Carl Stefanovic, you've seen a true media pro handle his business in this video. Notice Carl is not once in shot, okay? That's, that's pro shit. Carl sees the iPhone, he immediately takes three steps back and then begins to insert himself into the situation as sort of the chivalrous hero defending Jade Yarbrough. Meanwhile, Clarkie is fucking shirtless going nuts right in the middle of frame. Now, I'd like to speculate, and that's all it will be, speculation that cocaine was involved in this incident. And I'd like to think for Clarkie's sake that it was. If this is how he's behaving after three white wines at dinner then this is just a mere sort of, you know, keyhole look into what is no doubt a litany of mental health issues for the great man. So I'm hoping for Clarkie's sake that he was coked to the gills and that would shed a light on some of his aggression in this situation. And Carl has just, he, Carl has dodged this incident like a true pro. You got to keep in mind that Carl Stefanovic is pretty much Teflon at this point. Nothing can really bring this man down. I think if Carl has one more public incident or scandal, he gets his 10th one free. You know, he's, a, he's at the Starbucks loyalty card level of cancellations. From being drunk at the Logies to fucking this and that, talking shit about what's-her-face, uh, the other thing, you know, Carl Stefanovic is Teflon and pretty much untouchable. And I love this from Carl that, the next day on the Today Show, this is how much of a pro he is. He just looks straight down the barrel of the camera for upwards of four hours and doesn't once uh, reference the incident in any way, shape, or form. Now, that's pro shit from a true media professional. Meanwhile, Koshy was on Sunrise playing this thing every 10 minutes. He was fucking loving it. 
Okay, I think Koshy had a had the picture of a uh, Clarky shirtless on a t-shirt. You know, in the battle for morning TV supremacy, uh, they were absolutely loving it on Sunrise. So fair play to them. But yeah, so here we go. And Clarky also threatened to flog Carl when he said, "She can hit me, but you can't." I think that was implying that if Carl was to physically attack Clarky, Clarky would have no reservations in flogging Carl. I think revealing that they're not actually the closest of friends after all. You know, it's kind of like when you play in a soccer team and you you think you've got 15 mates and then you stop playing soccer and you realize you're sort of only mates with two of those blokes. That's really, I think Carl and Clarky have been enjoying this new friendship. They're both, you know, having some sort of a renaissance as 45-year-old men trying to stay relevant and cool in the media's eye. And I think they were under the impression they might have been best buds, when in actual fact, this whole incident has shed a light on the fact they're probably just acquaintances whose misses are good friends slash sisters. So pretty shocking for Carl to find out that way, as a shirtless Clarky spat at him, but nevertheless, better to get the truth one way or another. Uh, here's the deal. So Pip Edwards came out, and this was an absolute drive-by from her. Uh, Pip Edwards, you know, she is a, a woman of culture, and she loves the headlines, I would argue. You know, it's just more publicity for her business. She lives in that sort of influencer world anyway. And Pip Edwards, you know, this is her world. This is why I don't understand about Clarkie and Carl sort of, you know, living in this sort of C-list celebrity world. It's very bizarre. Because Pip Edwards, she is in fashion. She herself is a influencer. Whereas Clarky and Carl are just both 45-year-old dads. I don't know why they insist on trying to stay in the public eye. The whole thing is quite lame, if you ask me. But Pip Edwards tweeted, she just said, not my circus. And that was it. And that was interesting because she did not deny the claims that she had, in fact, had sex with Clarky. And if she had, really, it is her business. But yeah, I got to say, <laughs> if it comes out that Clarky has actually knocked boots with Pip Edwards on December 17, as is alleged, you know, I'm, I'm surprised Jade Yarbrough didn't say at 3.37pm the amount of receipts and information she appeared to have stumbled upon. And if it is alleged that, that Pip and Clarky knocked boots, I mean, that's fine. What you do in your own time is none of my business, Okay. Uh, but the fact that he said, I swear on my daughter's life that I didn't, if he did, well, that's a little bit crook, Clarky. Just a little bit, okay? I don't want to tell you how to father your child, but, <laughs> but you know, this is probably a no-no as far as those things go. Um, but yeah, Clarky lost his commentary gig for the Indian Test Tour as a result of this. Um, you know, India, the Indian Cricket Board, the BCCI took exception to Clarky sort of yelling and being abusive towards a woman, which is fine. Uh, obviously, the BCCI is one of the most corrupt institutions on planet Earth. And I think them taking any moral stand on really any issue whatsoever is a bit by the by. But nevertheless, let's not let that overshadow the incident itself. Uh, Clarky has since picked up a commentary gig for the Pakistan Super League. And he was on radio the other morning talking up the Pakistan Super League saying there's so many good players and everyone should tune in. In really quite a pathetic attempt to to give that league any sort of relevance whatsoever. And uh, yeah, we won't be tuning into the Pakistan Super League, Clarky. No one will be. And that's okay. 
Okay, that is okay. But yeah, this whole Clarky incident, it's it's a tough one for me to take. Michael Clark was my legitimate hero growing up. I loved absolutely everything about him. I had a V900 Pro, you know, I batted like Clarky in my mind, obviously with extremely different results. But sometimes I would clip a ball off my legs and think, yeah, fucking hell, Pup would have loved that, you know? But yeah, it's 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 coming to light now and I've been in denial for years and I hate to say it, but I'm going to. I'm going to have to finally admit to myself and you guys that it's most likely, scientifically speaking, it's most likely that Michael Clark is not a very good bloke. And I hate to say that. I love Clarky. Okay, he's my hero. I love everything about him. But we're looking at, we're probably on our seventh incident at this point. You know, if it wasn't, firstly, this the dramas with Lara Bingle. Then we had the Simon Cadditch incident. Then we had the Andrew Simons incident. Then when he retired, really unprompted, every former player came out and was like, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit. You know, if Matthew Hayden and Andrew Simons are saying you're not a good bloke, that is just such a red flag. And I had the blinders on for all of these. I love Simon Cadditch. You think when Simon Cadditch had Michael Clark pinned up against the wall, I didn't think to myself, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. I didn't want to hear it, okay? I had the blinders on. But it's pretty clear that this guy is probably not probably not someone you'd love to go down to the pub with. And yeah, so I don't know about that. I, I heard a, a bit of inside goss that the, one of the, the former Australian cricket players said, when quizzed about Clarkie, he said, put it this way, mate, how do you play cricket for Australia for 15 years and captain your country for a large chunk of that and leave that vocation with zero mates? So, I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt, but God damn it, Clarkie. Fucking hell, mate, you know? Can you just chill out? I think there's only one way for Clarkie to bounce back from this, and that's the only way he knows how. He needs to date an even hotter, even more famous woman and get things going again, okay? As we know, the great man gets peckish, and he always upgrades. And that was probably, you know, if you want to be a real misogynistic pig about this, the worrying sign about the Jade Yarber incident is that, you know, she she was not more famous or more attractive than Pip Edwards. And if you look at Clarkie's dating history, he's always climbing that ladder. So, yeah, the fact that he started dating a not famous person was in itself a red flag. And potentially the great man himself couldn't take it. You know, he got too peckish. He's had a slide back. It's caught on camera. And I think this is just probably another example of the fact that men in their mid to late 40s should not Firstly, A, attempt to be cool and or trendy. And secondly, B, do cocaine. I think when you get blokes in their 40s trying to be cool, trendy, and potentially doing cocaine, allegedly, I'd like to think he was, it always ends poorly. So, hate to see it. Uh, Clarky, he held on to his radio job by virtue of the fact that no one really knows what station he's on. So, that was lucky. Carl Stefanovic walked through this like it was a fucking, like it was one of those banners the AFL players run through to get onto the ground at the MCG. He continues to be untouchable. Go on, Carl, you absolute legend. And yeah, unfortunately, this really is going to put a dent in my love affair with Michael Clark. And, you know, we're probably looking at 
upwards of 20 years of me worshipping this man. And this is probably the end of it. So probably too good to be true as far as him and Carl being best friends without incident. And yeah, the end of an era for me as far as worshipping Michael Clark. Um, I hope he can bounce back. Uh, I will still follow his dating life like a hawk um, because at this rate, it really is a passion of mine. But apart from that, yeah, sad to see someone with Michael Clark's career and really place in Australian culture go down like this. I mean, this is just, if, if weed was legal, would this have happened? If Michael Clark was on the Gatorade saxophone with Carl, this doesn't happen, okay? Instead, it's white wine, it's God knows what else, it's aggression, it's anger, it's fucking, you know? At least the real winner in this is whoever sold that grainy iPhone video. I mean, fucking hell. Was this, did this guy whip out a BlackBerry from 2003 to film this thing? Apparently, I heard he got $10,000 for, uh, for selling it off. So really, the only winner in that situation is that, is that person there. The, the chef who was at the restaurant that they dined at before the incident, I saw an article that said, chef, chef from Michael Clark, Jade Yarber incident, breaks silence. And then the article was just him saying, yeah, they seem normal at dinner. So, <laughs> so who fucking knows? But yeah, end of an era. I'll probably never look at Clarky the same, unfortunately. Okay, unfortunately. This is a long line of incidents that have been chipping away at my perception of this great man. And this might be a bridge too far. So sad day for me. Sad day for the podcast. At least we still have Carl Stefanovic to lean on in times of sadness. But yeah. End of an era, dude. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer, Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Like I said, I have been using these Manscaped products for a few months now, and it is unbelievable. Uh, The quality, the safety, just not having to fucking worry about anything, dude. The confidence you receive uh, from being as well-groomed and fresh as these products leave you uh, you know, it's, you can't really, you can't compare it. It's like, it's like when you freaking you jump over, you go from catching the bus to getting your driver's license. That's how I would describe using Manscaped products. Once you get your driver's license, you never get the fucking bus again. You never go back. And that's the case with these fantastic products. Um, it's a new year and it's new balls with the global leaders in below the waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and other premium wet goods. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0, the Advanced Skin Safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to all your goodies to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. If you really want to make 2023 the year to remember, make sure to try out Manscaped's wet 
good as, wet goods as well. This includes their ultra-premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, and body deodorant. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up after your New Year's gym sessions. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code word DARCY. So get around it, and uh, yeah, you'll absolutely love it. Nothing to it but to do it. Okay, up next, a couple of things to crack into. Story that I saw this week that I loved, uh, this guy, Alessandro Diamanti, A-League football player. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but also I don't particularly care. This man is a great man, okay? What happened was this bloke playing for Western United, a club I wasn't even aware of in the A-League. I honestly have not watched an A-League game in about 12 years, nothing against the league, but I was not even aware there was a Western United team. So that's very exciting for me. And basically this bloke, he's hit one from legitimately no bands 40 meters out. Okay, Redmayne was off his line. He's, he's blasted it from near halfway. One of the greatest goals you'll ever see. Whatever, okay? That's fantastic. Why I love this man is that afterwards, in the post-match interview, he said, I'd like, I am very happy for myself. I have to thank myself. What an absolute legend. Finally, someone has just taken the credit for their own excellence, okay? I am so sick of seeing players in a 3-0 win who score a hat-trick say full credit to the boys. What credit? They didn't fucking do anything. This Italian bloke, I'm assuming he's Italian, has finally just put the foot down and said, look, I've nailed one from 45 metres out. I'm happy for me. I thank myself. I'm a legend, okay? And an athlete has failed to give credit to the boys in a post-match interview and the world has failed to explode. Look, lads, you can just talk like a normal person and everything is fine, okay? For too long, athletes have thought that there was either, you could either just say the media-trained dogmatic bullshit that every goddamn player trots out week after week, full credit to the boys, credit to our opposition, thanks to our coach, thanks to the fans, Da-da-da, da-da-da, I haven't had an original thought since I got my first contract. I'm not allowed to say what I want because they're scared I'll do something weird. It's just never fucking endless. And finally, someone has put the foot down and said, credit to no one except yours truly, I'm an absolute gun. And I hope this is a trend of things to come, you know? These poor players have been so scared shitless from the media training I think they think they can either say say what they're told to say or it's just full-blown hate crimes. You can't express yourself in an individual way that is still palatable for, you know, the media to take on without getting into trouble. And sometimes, you know, blokes have slipped up. There was that Sharks player who said, when they said, what are you going to do after the game? He said, I'm going to go down to Northies and pick up a bunch of threes, which, you know, he got absolutely rinsed for. Whether that was fair or not is up to you. But I think, I hope this is just a sign of things to come that, hey, feel free to just be a bit lighthearted. Feel free to just speak your mind a little bit. You know, I love it on the test as well, how they show all the blow ups when 
uh, the Australian players got out. They're all swearing their head off, throwing shit around. That's okay. They're human. They're absolutely human. And this Italian bloke has lit the beacons for what I hope is going to be some much more exciting post, post-match interviews uh, from here to come, you know? What's wrong with saying, Jesus Christ, I was electric today? <laughs> you know? What, what's wrong with saying, yeah, the opposition, they didn't seem like they really turned up today. Maybe we were just way too good for them, you know? Uh, teams will win 10-0 in a game of soccer and then say fair play to the opposition. Why? They suck. <laughs> They're hopeless. They couldn't have played worse, you know? And there's, we're at the point now where players give interviews where we don't actually receive any new information from the interview. Before games, players say, yeah, we're feeling good, we respect our opposition, and we're looking forward to the game. Sweet. Well, tell, tell the Daily Telegraph to stop the press. What, a, what an insightful interview you've just given. I feel like we've got a whole, new, a whole new perspective on this game coming up, and we appreciate your honesty. It's absolute garbage, dude. So fair play to Alessandro Diamanti. What a fucking legend, dude. Okay. What an absolute legend. All right, finally, last couple things here. Then we got Rowan Arneal in the second half. I got to say, the Rowan Arneal episode this week cranks. We bought a new microphone for Rowan. Excuse me, the sound quality is way better. And I think also, regardless of that, this episode is just probably the best one we've done this year. We are slowly building into one of the most dynamic podcast duos this world has ever seen, and I pray Nova969 returns my calls. But anyway, what about this dude? So rugby league player Josh Mansour, uh, former Rabbitoh, who I support, and he's without a club at the moment, but he's had a pretty good career, and he recently played for Lebanon in the World Cup, had a pretty good World Cup there too. What about this? He was approached by the Liberal Party to run for the seat of Cogra. Uh, and then I saw in the news article it said they were taking advantage of his Lebanese slash Portuguese roots. And this is absolutely bizarre behavior from the Liberal Party. And and this is not like a bashing liberals thing. I think across the board, I just find it really disingenuous when political parties get certain people to run because of their public figure and or ethnicity or sexuality. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've just asked him to run because he's sort of famous and half Lebanese. Isn't that just kind of creepy? He's not a politician. He has no interest in doing it. And he turned down the role. Fair play to him. And if he wanted to do it, that would be his business too. And as far as... (laughs) I don't know. I just find it weird that politicians would just get a rugby league player to run. It's like, are you admitting that literally anyone can be a politician? Wouldn't you try and get someone that's vaguely interested in politics or even keen in the role whatsoever? You know, is that where politics is headed where it's just going to be sort of a motley crew of B-grade celebrities? You know, James Matheson's going to be tweeting himself senseless, trying to trying to run for another green seat or independent or whatever. But is that where politics is really headed? I mean, Pocock's doing some great work in Canberra, but that bloke was, he was strapping himself to cranes in 2005. He was up in the Dane tree fighting off freaking loggers with chainsaws. That bloke, he doesn't talk about it. He is about it, okay? So as far as politicians just being whoever going forward, I think that would be to the detriment of this great nation, 
But I was thinking, dude, imagine if you were running against someone. Let's say you're the Labour candidate for this seat. And you saw a former rugby league player was you were up against him. I personally would be licking my lips. I, you'd be getting three or four private investigators to go through this guy's life with a fine-tooth comb thinking, fuck, if there's not an incident on this guy's record in some way, shape, or form. I think I'm overusing that, that adage there, but you'd, you'd be fucking thinking, this is great, okay? Uh, I'd be, here's what you'd do. If I was running against Josh Mansour, I'd get a private investigator. I'd say, go through every mad Monday this man has participated in for the last 15 years and work back from there. Then we're going to go to Bucks parties for his teammates. Then we're going to go to weddings, birthday parties, uh, anytime he was on the Gold Coast, regardless of the occasion. And if you can't find anything by then, we, we are pretty much screwed. Uh, hack his iCloud, do whatever it takes. But if, if I was running against a former rugby league player for a political seat, I personally would be absolutely licking my lips. If you can't find a scandal there to end his campaign, you're simply not looking hard enough, dude. Okay? So something interesting there. And then finally, the project for this week. The project. One second. The project, obviously, every week, it is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. But obviously, today is Australia Day Eve. I'm recording this. It is better, uh, I was going to say better 100 day, but it is hottest 100 day on Saturday. And so I thought for this week... I'm very passionate about just voting for Australian artists in the Hottest 100. You know, as much as I love Little Nas X and Billie Eilish and whoever, they don't really need a leg up as far as their careers. You know, when Kendrick Lamar won, he didn't even call in. Okay, you're not going to boost his ticket sales uh, by, by voting for Be Humble. You know, he doesn't need it. Whereas if, if you vote for some Australian artist on the come up, you can really give their career a boost while also supporting the arts in this great nation. So I thought I'd just read out my votes at the at the risk of seeming like some sort of a loser here. But here are the Australian artists, artists I should say, uh, that I voted for. So feel free to get around this. Uh, firstly, I had Sly Withers, the Smith Street Band. I guess I could read the songs, but really just check them out, you know. Because a lot of the time, I'll just vote for an artist who I fucking love. And it might not be necessarily my favorite song of theirs, but I'll get around them on principle. But yeah, Sly Withers, The Smith Street Band, Stand Atlantic, they're three just sensational Aussie punk rock bands. If you like punk rock or indie rock, I don't know what a lot of the genres mean. I'll be completely candid. Surf rock, Psy rock, you know, I don't know. Some bloke with long hair on a fucking guitar, okay? Is that, <laughs> that's what I mean when I say this stuff. Uh, so yeah, Sly Withers, the Smith Street Band, Stand Atlantic, Adam Newling, that guy is just, you want to talk about a bloke who probably has to lie to his doctor. Adam Newling is an absolute vessel. When the guy's not drinking beers and punching darts, he's got this unbelievable voice. It's like really deep and raspy. He's also the lead guitarist for Ruby Fields. This guy, check, he's an absolute weapon. His song, Singing Blackbird, it's like, kind of like an Aussie folk song. It's unbelievable. Get around that. Then obviously, All Day. Got to get around my boy. Uh, Memphis LK. She's like this DJ chick. It's, she's got this song, Whip, that just vibes. I like it a lot. 
Uh, Teenage Jones, I love these chicks. These chicks are both, I think they're like 19 or 20, and they're like an indie rock band, but it's just two of them. They both sing, and one of them's on drums, one of them's on guitar, and they just fucking rip. I saw them open for Sly Withers last year. I believe I got COVID from the event, but despite that, it was one of the best concerts I've been to. It was one of those concerts where, and this is the best, where you catch an act on the way up. So there was only like 300 people there, but it was just fucking cranking, dude. Absolutely cranking. Maybe 400 people. I don't know. It could have been 200, could have been 500. I didn't really count. But it was like, you want to get acts before they hit like the Enmore Theater level. It was unbelievable. They cranked so hard. Uh, and then I had Betty Ray's, another indie rock band, and then George Alice. Uh, she won Unearthed High a few years ago. She does kind of... Fuck, I don't know. I don't know how to describe music, okay? But it's like... Pop... Uh, just check it out, okay? Just check it out. But they're some of my favorite Australian artists from the last year and beyond. And and yeah, go now that COVID's over as well, go out and see some fucking Australian music and comedy and slam poetry and whatever else just get out there get out there and spend your hard earned on some uh some of the fantastic arts this country has to offer but anyway that is the end of the podcast for this week got some tour news coming soon i'll be announcing dates and uh rowan arneal is coming up next in an absolute banger and yeah like i said new microphones better sound quality i miss my ex-girlfriend the whole deal thank you for listening dude All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Do we need a new title for this portion of the podcast with Rowan Arneal? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I never think about it until we get until we press record. And then I'm introducing and I'm saying this long sentence and it doesn't make sense. Rowan Arneal, how you going, dude? Going well. Look at our little setup. Pretty good. We got a brand new mic for Rowan. It's It looks like the fucking Joe Rogan experience in my bedroom, dude. This is going to be the first week where Billy doesn't completely resent the way I breathe. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, because I have to edit this thing, and edit is a strong word. I'm, I'll, <laughs> yeah, bullshit edit. <laughs> I'll be completely candid. I have not listened to the last two. I just didn't have the time. <laughs> and he's it, been overwhelmed i've been overwhelmed and here's the thing if if we say something weird on this bad boy i'll have a gut feeling and i'll remember it mm. but the last two episodes i just i when we finished i remember thinking that's fine mm. as far as the quality of the podcast <clears throat> totally up for debate okay <clears throat> totally up for debate but as far as anyone saying something problematic you know in your heart whether you've done that or not anyway because Rowan had some shit-ass mic. It was always an absolute pain to get the levels because we're using different microphones. Now we've got two, two uh, high-quality podcast microphones. We're living La Vida Loca, and uh, we are at the forefront of broadcasting in 2023. How does it feel, mate? It feels good. It feels fucking... I feel a lot more special than I did before where it was just you with this hectic, like, expensive microphone and me in the corner and you just kind of eyeing me with daggers. Well, it is my podcast, mate. So of course, of course. I'm not going to give you the better microphone. I wasn't expecting the better microphone, just maybe a bit, a bit less of the evil eyes that I... <laughs> I did <laughs> resent you. I did resent you. <laughs> but, there we go. But that's okay. Well, mate, it's a week for fucking... It's a week for... for 
for progress. It's a week for growth because Rowan Arneal, uh, you know, active and urgent on social media <laughs> in 2023. That was the mantra. That was the mantra. Mate, Rowan Arneal currently, I, I was going to say has, um, but we're in the present moment, is still going viral on TikTok. <laughs> Mate, how does it feel? And this is the social media era. You could be a no good bong rat living in your mum's house one day. We'll give the next. Exactly. Well, if it put a pep in my step today to be like, maybe, maybe TikTok is the answer to a few of these problems. A hundred percent. And now you've got the views, mate. I think 60,000 and counting on your last video. Mm, 243 followers. I think (laughs) a lot of those views do not convert to followers. That's okay. One step at a time. TikTok is the future and it's your future, mate. You're officially a TikToker. How does that feel as someone who resented the app since its inception? Well, I resented all the apps. It's just that if you do stand-up comedy long enough, everyone's just like, you need to have an Instagram. You need to have a TikTok. And like, here's the fucking annoying thing. Well, you it's- don't have to have a social media presence if you're an industry darling. Or, yeah, or you need to be a genius. And I was yeah. neither of those things. <laughs> uh, you, could be a, you could be a festival comic represented by one of the great agencies. Uh, or you can get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was unfortunately re- <laughs> for you, Rowan, a lot of the industry is unaware you exist. And I was I was pretty excited to be an industry darling. You could almost pull it off because you got that mysterious drug vibe. Mm. You're sort of, you you know, you you got no energy. A lot of the industry darlings throw me work as well. You're in with the industry darlings. But not with the actual industry. Yes. They, they seem to resent me. Yeah. It's like uh, Soren Giamane. One of, <laughs> he, he named his show aptly Industry Darling Adjacent because mm. he's mates with Cambo and stuff, but he himself does not do the gala. Mm. And uh, you're kind of in the same boat. You're on the mug off regularly, you know. That's probably a bad example. Yeah, a good example. <laughs> I don't know. You fucking hung out with Becky Lucas once. I don't know what. Whatever you need to say. I'm slightly more industry darling adjacent than you, but still not that much different. I was about to say I'm not that far away, but I'm in the mix. Yeah, you're in the mix. But you're viral now, mate. Is it? Is it a change of attitude? What What's been the secret? A lot of people out there want to be social media superstars. As someone who's climbed over that fence. And you're on the, the beautiful green pasture on the other side. What's the key to success there, mate? Um, well, for me, it was to record a video about five months ago and then last night go try and find it on my phone and then let TikTok subtitle it for me. Yep, 100%. And, I, and make a little rule for yourself. Hey, Rowan, you don't get to have a cone until you put something up on TikTok today. Yeah. So once a week, that's going to be the rule. Once a week, baby. <laughs> well, mate, as someone who also posts on TikTok once a week, I can assure you um, it's you need to post a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Two, okay, I'll give you one thing I love about TikTok, one thing I hate about TikTok. One thing I love about TikTok is it feels like a different world. In Mm. that there's shit I would post on TikTok that I would never post on Instagram or Facebook. Mm. It feels like no one I've ever met is on TikTok. That's what I was loving about it as well. Yeah, it feels anonymous almost. So anonymous because everyone I know isn't on TikTok. No, because they're normal. Yeah, my little sister's on TikTok. She's younger, so she tells me what Pat's up to. That's cool. Yep. <laughs> Pat Doherty, he's been chasing TikTok fame, TikTok fame for quite some time. <laughs> he's plateauing, I might say. The good thing about Pat is you know exactly how his TikTok's going because anytime a video does well, he'll put it on his Instagram story. Yeah, yeah. Which so, is 
exactly what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to adapt that to TikTok is anonymity. Just throw it out there. None of my enemies, all my friends are on there. Yep. Because I don't care about my friends that much. No. It's, it's the fucking enemies that I have a problem with. Yeah. And acquaintances. Mm. I don't know what it is, but like Macca and Adzi, right? I couldn't give a shit what these blokes think. <laughs> Two of my best goddamn mates in the world. Some guy I met once three years ago, his opinion means so much to me. Mm. Someone that hasn't really talked to me, doesn't really know if I'm funny or not, just being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Those are the people that keep you up at night. Mate, 100%. I will say, mate, uh, because you, I assume you're angling towards your first Instagram post of the year. Oh, yeah, I'm getting there. You, I, I, Mate, I don't want to rush. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that, like, every, every comedian I know posts so much and I post less than, like, every white girl I know. <laughs> I know. Dude, just to clarify as well, for those who didn't listen to last week's or the week before, Rowan's last Instagram post was when we were in Brisbane in April 2022. So, you, this guy's not just fucking willy-nilly out there on social media, okay? It takes a lot for him to hit that blue button. Mm. So, mate, as you build up to your first Instagram post, um, are you going to take some of the confidence from TikTok? Is that going to cross the apps or is that a completely new challenge Instagram? No, I think I'm building it up on TikTok. Yeah. And then I'm going to cross the apps. I'm gonna, my, Well, right now is I'm just kind of sowing the seeds for what my cousins and aunties will see on Instagram. That's the thing, mate. It, because TikTok, it's a bit of fun. <laughs> Swing wild on TikTok, okay? I'm smoking a cigarette inside. I'm oh, doing dude. whatever the fuck I want. Whatever the fuck you want, okay? But Instagram, mate, that's as well. I, I believe TikTok has a messaging feature. I personally don't know how to access it. <laughs> yeah. And if I do have any messages from um, from people on TikTok, I know I don't want to read them um, for my fragile ego. But I will say, mate, Instagram, that's where the DMs come in, mate. That's where the opinions come in. What if, and that's where people you know, people you work with, people you care about. That's where the ex-girlfriends live, mate. That's where the ex-girlfriends live <laughs> on active. Instagram. So, mate, good luck. Um, I would say, you know, you've begun this journey. It's an exciting one. Any plans for your second post of the year? Oh, I've got some plans, man. I got some plans. Anything you'd are you able to sort of give the listener an insight? Holy shit, it would blow their socks off, mate. They gotta wait. Imagine if you become like the next liver king. <laughs> Social media sensation, mate. What would be your hook? What is my hook? I don't know. I don't really know what anyone else is doing on TikTok. That w- that would probably lead to um I could easily rip someone off and have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know what everyone's doing on there. I know what other people are doing and I know that it won't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to dance, Billy. Yeah. It's time to dance. Mate, if you get more popular than me on social media, uh, that'll be the end of you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to take it. Um, oh, it's taken you a good four years of steady, steadily yeah, I was about beating to say, it over there. Four years of uh, four years to get to six thousand Instagram <laughs> followers, <laughs> dude. You know what? This is my Instagram level of uh, followers. There are just there are just local hot chicks mm. who are not pursuing any form of media entertainment careers, but just by virtue of the fact they're so hot, mm. they have more followers than me. Yeah, often a lot more. No, but I'm saying not like Instagram girls. I'm saying like just local girls. Yeah, just local women. Like they, they might be a physio. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are physio not, chicks uh, out there 
fuck off. With like 7,000 followers. Physios are smart. The girls you're talking about are not smart. They're receptionists. Pers- they're personal trainers. They're, they're receptionists. They work in real estate. Nurse assistants, real estate, all these things. They're not, my mom's a physio. They're not physios. Oh, okay. Was that a little too close to home? Yeah, it was far too close to home, mate. Well, mate, it's not my fault your mum's so fucking hot. But uh- <laughs> Dude, my mum is a phys- When you first be a physio or whatever, you need to work for the local rugby, like some sort of sports team for free. Oh, yeah. It's like your internship. And my mum's now a older blonde physio. And then it- when I played footy, we had this young blonde physio. And everyone was just saying the most filthy things about it. And I was like, how about everyone just fucking back off this video? Yeah, dude. Because this is the future my mum. Let's fucking take it easy. She's given up her time to strap our shoulders. Yeah. One of my mates went out with a physio and she was the physio, like, again, uni student. So, you got to do the rounds at local clubs or whatever. And she was the physio for one of the cricket clubs we played against. Mm. As you can imagine, some of the banter on the field uh, was particularly blue. (laughs) And at times, distasteful. Pretty disrespectful, I imagine. <laughs> I made fair play to him. He handled it pretty well. I would have literally just like fucking either hit some bloke with my cricket bat. <laughs> uh, and failing that, the more likely scenario is I just implode emotionally and let it affect my game. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and then you get out and then the abuse only ramps up. Mm. But uh, anyway, mate. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, but, but, but you're famous. I'm not. This podcast continues. Mate, a couple of things. Obviously, we're in entertainment, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course, mate. What were we doing on Wednesday night? We were entertaining the masses, as we do. Mm -hmm. You bombed. I didn't. It was a a pretty normal night, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Business as per usual. Rowan was thrown up first. A stoned Rowan Arneal was thrown to the wolves first yeah. in a particularly hostile room. Yeah, particularly hostile. It was a good thing that I decided to... Oh, Billy's driving. I can get incredibly high. That's all good. Yep. And you just get there and you're like, hmm, they don't seem to be enjoying the stand-up comedy that's preceding me. Yep. And you and when you're high, it's very hard to shift gear. Mm. And the funniest thing was Rowan told me three or four brilliant new ideas he had on the way. <laughs> it was cutting-edge stuff. Only for him to go up there too high, panic, and do his old goal to absolute silence. <laughs> I was just getting like, all right, one more and I'll get him. Then I can try this new shit out until it's like, all right, I'm getting the light. And um, then he ended his set by just threatening that if they didn't laugh, he was going to go to Macca's and disgrace himself <laughs> after the show. <laughs> getting a te- tepid response to me like, all right, well, I'm going to Macca's, so everyone can suck yeah. me off. I'm happy to double quarter powder. It's because of you cunts. <laughs> Billy did something that, I saw coming a mile away. He goes, hey, mate, do you, do you want a carpool tonight? I said, no worries, mate. I took us last time, though. So, if you want to take us, he goes, oh, fuck. I'm going to yeah. get petrol then. I'm like, all right, here we go. He didn't want to fill up petrol. He didn't really want to ride with me. He just no, didn't sorry. Fill up By petrol. do you want a carpool, I meant do you want to drive me to the gig? Because <laughs> <laughs> this thing was on E. But, um, but yeah, I, I bombed way worse than you on the weekend. So, all's fair in love and war. Mm. And But when we were coming back from that Wednesday gig... Um, there was an incident at the servo. Mm. Oh, because the other thing was we were running late, so there was no time for petrol. Yeah. It was a touch and go trip there. And it's quite a harrowing night. But and- <laughs> <laughs> you can just have like a really people that don't do stand up comedy, their Wednesday night, unless someone like a loved one suddenly dies. Or maybe someone breaks into your property. A Wednesday night's always gonna be just kind of normal. Yeah. But when you can really just eat a dick in front of sixty people and then like nearly die in the rain in a Mazda Metro 
It's just like, what the fuck, bro? Oh, mate, the old girl was flying. I won't have you slander the Metro, but the thing about stand-up is you can have a pretty wild weeknight. Like, some of the best and worst nights of my life have been Tuesdays. Mm. You know, was if you're watching the block at home, not a lot can go wrong. <laughs> Unless an earthquake hits and destroys all four of the mm. houses, not a lot can go wrong there. But, um, mate, so we hit the petrol station on the way home. Not an Ampol foodery, which I was filthy about, but we go into a shell. Would you say shells are the... Uh, the- I hate BP. Was it a BP? No, it was a Coles Express shell. That's right. Which I also hate. I f- um, I don't, no, I don't hate them as much. But I was pleasured to know that, like you, you're like me, you're a Seven Eleven and Ampol man. Yeah, no, BP and BP is just disgraceful. Um, shell I find to be too expensive. Mm. But anyway, we go in there, and it's like I, I said to you. <laughs> <laughs> there was an incident in the server. I'd say most people would say that Shell is shockingly expensive. Really. Oh, is that what you're laughing at? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, hot take. Um, but we go into this servo and it's like, I said to you, I said, mate, this servo, I think it's closing down because there was so many yellow stickers on all the products. Like everything was on special. Mm. Absolutely fucking everything was on special. All of the sandwiches, the beautiful Sambos, and they were shell sambo, so they're a bit whatever. They were all two dollars each. Mm. Okay, so naturally, I get three sandwiches. <laughs> we both filled our arms yeah. for the next day. I walked to the counter with as many sandwiches as I could carry, thinking I'm going to freeze these bad boys. Like this is, we're going to make it through the winter. We had four days on them as well. We're like, oh my god, <laughs> lunches are sorted, dude. I I was ravenous. I thought this is it. This is this is like a launching pad to really get me into 2023. Anyway, so I get $30 worth of petrol, 98. I treat the old girl. I treat her well. And I get about seven, I get three sandwiches at $2 each. That comes out to a total of $36. Okay? Bup, 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 bup. That'll be $74. <laughs> <laughs> I go, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? He, he goes, they're only $2. No. In fact, the sandwiches were like 11 bucks each. You could get a Red Bull for $2 if you purchased a sandwich. Mm. It was the most flagrant misadvertisement I've ever seen. And I wonder how many blokes like you and me... Well, I took the bullet because you were behind me. Mm. So, you were able to return to the shelf with some <laughs> dignity. <laughs> it still was pretty clear what was happening. I mean, so then I had to, he had to cancel the transaction. I'd go back, put the sandwiches back. But it's like, mate, how many people like me didn't have the balls... To say what the fuck's going on? I thought they were two bucks a sambo, mm, and have exactly. just paid for four eleven dollars <laughs> shell sandwiches. Some poor drunk man that doesn't understand. Oh my god! It was it literally just said yellow sticker two dollars, and in the tiniest fine print mm. down the bottom, mate. They should like where's fair trade? Also, the two dollar sticker should be on the Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't even near the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls are in the fridge, like twenty meters behind me. Yeah, it was. Call the corporate watchdog. There's a shell in Sydney that needs to go fucking down. I was about to say, someone call Charlie Pickering on the weekly or something. (laughs) We need someone in a a government-funded media job to defend our rights. Someone in a suit needs to sort this out, that's for sure. Someone in a suit. But yeah, so that was a bit whatever. I was um, was in a servo like recently at Wynyard. I I forgot what it was after, but I was a bit um, pissed and just a touchstone. But I was all sweet. Like, I wasn't belligerent at all and i was so hungry and i go and the, there was no pies and it was like locked or some shit he's like this guy's like broken broken he's just kind of like yelling at me i'm like all right fucking whatever i buy some snacks and a big bottle of water for the bus and then he puts it up and it's like 22 dollars. and i was like 
wait, how's it $22? And then he goes, oh, oh, maybe this is, oh, it just takes off $11. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. Oh, dude. You motherfucker. That shit house. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, you thought I was super drunk and I wouldn't notice. And he just goes, oh, no, no mistake. And I was like, come on, mate. Look at me right now. That wasn't a mistake. And he but just- that is, that's crazy. Yeah, he's just fucking with drunk people and taking you- it out of the till. Were you paying with cash? No, nah, no. Nah, he would have taken cash out that would already be on the till. Oh. Uh, paid on card. Well, th- there you go. A little bit do of- you think, Do you think the sticker thing with the sandwiches was part of a greater scheme? Um, I, I wouldn't- I don't trust Shell at all, to be honest. So, possibly- They're an oil company. I know. First, they fuck up our sales and then they're coming for our sandwiches. Dude, that's scary. Well, there you go, guys. Stay vigilant out there. Yeah, stay fucking vigilant because I was lucky that, <laughs> to be honest, the weed saved me. Yeah. If it just been alcohol, you've got me. You're tapping away. <laughs> of course, mate. Dude. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, mate, a few things going on, a few things going on. Firstly, um, I was literally just talking to Adzi about this on the weekend and then you, out of the blue, <laughs> mentioned that you also have a passion for this. Matthew McConaughey's Instagram. Oh, my God. So disgusting. It's insane. Mm. Where where to begin? Basically, Matthew McConaughey, you've got to follow him on Instagram. He will do these videos just straight to camera. I assume his wife films them or some unfortunate staff member at his house. Mm. And I guess it's a thing where you just get so famous and so successful. You think literally anything that comes out of your mouth has value mm. to the average man. Mm. And I, I think when you watch those videos, because he is a good actor- and he's, oh, he, he's, I love Matthew he's, McConaughey. He's hitting the notes of acting. Oh, yeah. And you realize how important are writers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> this is what happens when there's no script. <laughs> this man's a moron when it comes to words. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny because you could just tell there's no one in the room with the balls to tell him <laughs> that this is nonsense. He does like kind of like these life advice excerpts. <laughs> Like where he'll just go off on a thing. Like he had a good one the other day. Well, one um one we spoke about where he goes. He just starts talking about like a word, and you can tell he's just making it up as he goes. Mm. But he's so like he just is so sure of himself. Mm. He's so sure of himself to a sickening level. Mm. But he goes, he goes choice. Let's talk about the word choice. And he goes, it's not an obligation. It's not legislation <laughs> and you could tell he, he when it arrived he was like oh that was good yeah and yeah. then he keeps going he's like he's like so just think about that word choice and what it means to you <laughs> and it's like you didn't say anything matthew like the choice is not a legislation is probably the peak one where it's like brother i've written an essay in the last minute as well like i know <laughs> i know where this comes from <laughs> it's like it's like he was about to catch a play that they were like you have to do a one minute social media video and you have you have 60 seconds go it's like mate you're rust from true detective in my mind and now you're just this fucking moron i don't know why actors feel the need to do anything yeah because i don't know it's not like um it's not like it's it's not like they the, the whole thing is it's not like Russ from True Detective has an Instagram. Mm. Matthew McConaughey has an Instagram, so it's like all you need to do is just post when True Detective is coming out. Mm. Hey guys, it's out. Mm. How cool was see that? See it? Don't see it? Who gives a fuck? I'm a multi-millionaire. Man, people just can't stop. I guess they just kind of. They just feel the need to say something. To be everyone wants to be like revered in a way that they're not known for. So it's like. The amount of stand-up comedians we've seen get a bit of coin behind them for being good at stand-up comedy and then being like, 
and actually I should be taken really seriously. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, what was the, it's so unnecessary. Every, every stand-up comedian gets like 700K in their back pocket and they're like, and now time for everyone to know that I have emotions. And it's like, we all knew you had emotions. Dude, yeah, it's bizarre. Everyone, it's just the grass is greener. Yeah, the grass is greener. That's all Matthew McConaughey's Instagram is, is the grass is greener because he's an actor. He reads his lines, he kills it. Yeah. But then he, he watches fucking... Jocko Willink and David Goggins and he's thinking <laughs> he's thinking fucking hell I wouldn't mind a bit of that <laughs> and then I was fucking bugging out to his Instagram I think on Sunday night or something I don't know I just he only follows a hundred this is the best thing because he's like his whole thing is like I'm a philosophical smart like guy that's like kind of unearthing some like interesting things in your mind and inspiring you that's what I think he's kind of going for He's a cool Texas guy. Um, and then you look, he follows a hundred people. It couldn't be the stalest people that you've like ever seen. It's like all of the Jonas brothers, Pitbull, Ellen DeGeneres, like a bank. Like it's all like the lamest people that you like, if that was who your mates followed, you'd be like, dude, you have like terrible taste in art and culture. Dude, what, what does your feed look like? <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is the most like, so I can't imagine a more psychotic feed than his feed. Like, it's just absolutely nuts. You can tell, like, he just rejects the premise that, like, there isn't wisdom in everything. <laughs> it's like, some things are just nothing. <laughs> like, he goes he goes the other day, he goes, he goes my son was going oh, off to a, camp. That's a good one as well. <laughs> Could that have not just been a moment, Matthew? A moment shared. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, my son is going off to camp. I said, what are you looking forward to at camp? (laughs) Firstly, as well, hang on. One thing went so under the radar with this one, where he goes, his son son goes, well, papai. (laughs) Yeah, he's got his kids. His son calls him papai. (laughs) Papa. I think it's because his wife is like Argentinian. Oh. So I'm gonna maybe give him a pass. It's still a white country, but, brother. But why? If you're Texas, why can't she be Mamai and you just be Dad? <laughs> Excellent point, Billy Darcy. <laughs> and also, he doesn't address it. No, no. He just goes, "Well, Papai," and keeps going as if it's mm. not insane yeah. that this white guy from Texas <laughs> has his son call him Papai. <laughs> so then he goes, he, he goes, "What are you looking forward to at camp?" <laughs> his son goes, "Well, Dad." I want to do cool things and meet new people. And he goes, well, shit, son. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad to me. And then, and then he always does this one. He always puts his hand to his chin and looks out. And he goes, he just, he looks at the universe like mm. it was there the whole fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. The, the Lord above reveals himself in the most mysterious ways. <laughs> it's just like, it'd be more fine if he was doing it and not throwing himself into acting it so well. Because he's yeah. like acting it really well of like, fucking hell, he's about, he's stealing this scene. Well, that's the but- thing is he he has a magnetism to him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> because here's the thing. He's fucking talking about papaya meeting cool people or whatever. I'm still watching. <laughs> yeah. If anyone else said this, I'm, I'm unfollowing, I'm scrolling away. But it's like, fucking hell, dude. It's like, you have such magnetism. Mm. If, if only you had something to say. <laughs> like... Just fuck it, like just have a ghostwriter or something. It's just one of those things where it's like Matthew, try a little bit less. Yeah, just fuck around, dude. With the, with the words, try a little bit less, dude. He did one where he's like, um, he did a Christmas Day one where he's like, he spoke about 
how the Christmas Day goes at the McConaughey household and how they actually like to open presents at um, at dinner time and then eat late. And that was it. Sick. And it's like only an absolute sociopath <laughs> would think this video could provide any value to anyone. <laughs> But, you know, he's Matthew McConaughey. He's the fucking man. Man, if you just... You just got eight hours of wall-to-wall listening to the Jonas Brothers and Pitbull, you're going to come up with some of these sick fucking ideas. Do you know what? He probably runs this stuff by them. And they're like, you've done it again, Matty. We tend to think of choice as a legislation. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Words have meanings. Let's not all... Also, I think sometimes these A-list guys, because their life is so fucking awesome. Mm. And let's... Like, Matthew McConaughey is the man. Mm, he's, he's a great actor. I read his book. It's fucking sick. Yeah. Like, it's insane. <laughs> you did. did you finish it? Yeah. Sma- oh, nice. I smashed it. Oh, nice. Every year over Christmas, I read a celebrity's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> it's become quite a uh, quite a ritual for me. Mm. Um, I'm, at the moment, I'm reading Matthew Perry's from Friends. Did you watch Friends much? Were you a Friends fan? Not really. <laughs> I do like Friends, though. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I never... Like, with Seinfeld... Because, like, when I was growing up, you know, you watch Friends when it's on. Yeah. With Seinfeld, you watch it when it's on. But with Seinfeld, then when I became, when I was, like, 15 or whatever, I went through every single episode. But yeah, I never yeah. did that with Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Matthew Perry is a narcissistic piece of shit. That's very clear to me. <laughs> the editor couldn't get that out. As yeah. hard as she probably tried, she really couldn't get that out. Their lives are so interesting. Like, Matthew McConaughey, I will say, like, Will, I've read Will Smith last year, um, Matthew Perry this year. Both purchased at airports. I imagine that's where most of their trade is done. <laughs> but, um, and Matthew McConaughey the year before. Matthew McConaughey, I will say, interesting guy, would have a beer with him. Mm. Will Smith, I read him. I, I read it. And this before the slap. Mm. So this is, you know, this is I Am Legend. This is Hitch. I'm all about it. <laughs> I will say, by the end of that book, I thought, wow, this is one of the most extraordinary humans on the face of, the, of God's green earth. And I hope I never, ever, ever have to meet him. <laughs> Because he is clearly just out to lunch. Like, the ego, the narcissism, it's crazy. Mm. Matthew Perry is just a piece of shit. Mm. There's no redeemable qualities <laughs> of any kind. Like, it's crazy. My favorite one when celebrities write books and they just, like, mention people that they've fucked. And then that person has to be like, God damn it, I'm trending. Dude, there's a whole chapter on him dating fucking... Uh, she was in Pretty Woman. What's her name? Julia. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. And it's like, you just know she's reading this going, mate, we went out for four months 23 years ago. Yeah, Jesus. And there's a whole chapter on it. And it's like, fucking hell, mate. Just let it go. Shut up. Just shut the (laughs) fuck up. (laughs) Dude. And it's like, um, it clearly meant so much to him. Mm. And it's like, it just shows like, and here's the thing. If she wasn't famous, it wouldn't have made the book. Of course not. It's not like that he was so in love with her. It was insane. It's just because mm. she's so famous. Mm. And it's like, uh, it's it's like I remember um, one time I got invited, like it clearly meant so much to him, even though it meant nothing to her mm. or like in the context of the greatest scheme of their lives now. Mm. So I remember one time this guy messaged me, who I'm like, not really mates with. He goes, mate, uh, what are you doing? Like two weeks from now on Wednesday, we're all going bowling. You got to come. The whole gang's going. And I'm thinking, mate, and I was invited to a Facebook event with 12 people. I was thinking, how am I in your top 12 friends when Fuck. we're not even acquaintances? And then he goes, the whole gang's going. I'm thinking, who's the gang? <laughs> Who you- was the gang? I don't know. Did I you know them? On I, the- no, I didn't go. No, but on the Facebook event, were you like, this, no. this makes sense? No, I didn't know them. What the but it's Fuck. like, he was in this warped reality that we were like boys. 
And I think that, like, I'm Julia Roberts to him. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the saddest thing in the world. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, obviously, probably didn't even make up an excuse, just didn't go. But um, Of course, it's bowling on a Wednesday with a cunt you don't hang out with. Also, I was like 24 at the time. Also, do you know how close I'd have to be with someone to go bowling with them? <laughs> Dude, honestly, if you're going bowling past the age of 22... Dude, bowling sucks. I'm it's sorry. not good. It really isn't good. I went, when I was in Austin, I was with Marky. He was visiting and I was just with him and my girlfriend. And then her friends were like, we're going to go bowling. And they just kept pressuring us. And I was like, I don't want to go fucking bowling. I, don't, I also don't need a drink drive to, to a bowling thing right now. Like, this is too much. Yeah. And then we just get... I hate when people just badger you. And we just got badgered into it. And we threw, like, two balls. And then the guy working there was like, hey, he's he's not allowed to throw them anymore <laughs> to Marcus. And well, got, was he throwing them in the air or...? He was he was giving bowling a red hot go. <laughs> Too much force. <laughs> but unfortunately, due to alcohol and genetics, he wasn't mastering the trade. Fuck it. Up. And then we just we just left with our bowling shoes on. We're like, fuck this place. Let's get an Uber. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, it, it was the Big Lebowski bowling place. Have you seen the Big Lebowski? Yeah, I have. Yeah. It's the bowling alley from there, and we were still like, "This sucks." Oh, really? Yeah. This this doesn't even make it good. Well, enough. mate, here's the thing: it's still bowling. It's still bowling. It's still bowling. Well, anyway, yeah, Matthew McConaughey kicking it, um, mate. Uh, oh, yeah, one thing you brought up before, mate. The top G is still incarcerated. So good. What's going on, mate? Give us a top G status update. You're following it close, more closely than me. I'm. I'm not following it super close. I know what Andrew Tate, the top G. Well, he's. Here's the thing. He's in solitary confinement, but is he? I think so. Yeah, but um, how's he still tweeting? Well, he's rebuilding his empire. Um, but I don't understand. How is he tweeting? Is he just doing the phone calls and being like? I think phone calls to assistant or to um. What's he tweeting? You you chat for a bit. I'll get up his fucking Twitter. I've, I have no idea what he's tweeting, um, but I think he he just sells he he makes a bit of money through his Hustlers University. Are you part of Hustlers University? No, not alpha enough. I don't no. think. You what you studied women's studies at the School of Hard Knocks is what, is what, I, is what I heard. <laughs> um, no, but the what reminded me of the top G. I'm not really following that much. I just saw a video on Instagram of um a group of like a protests through Athens of all these Greek men yelling, free the top G, free the top G. Wait, so not in Romania? No, no. Is he in prison in Greece or Romania? Romania. I think just Greek men are fans. Oh, um, my God. Culturally of the top G. Yeah, the, um, the top G, his ethos must line up with the with that of the Greeks. Well, it is a place of economic despair for the last like 20 years. So, I can imagine there's some angry men that aren't rooting a lot. Yeah. And I think that's where... Andrew Tate comes into it. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think anyone's signing up to the Hustlers University because it's going well. <laughs> it's a last ditch Hail Mary of like fucking hell, come on. I think by the time you get to Andrew Tate, you've gone through a few other ways to be rude on the internet as well. Yeah. Like it's not your first time with a misogynistic leader. Yeah, you've probably done the rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this dude, is your guy for a little while. Dude, he literally Obviously not him personally, but ten hours ago it said how men can build more confidence. Watch the full interview, and it's it's the tape man. It must be pre-recorded. Have you watched his rap? No, it's one of the most humiliating things. He like, raps. Yeah, he he tried to get a rap career off the ground a while ago. He's got this song that's on YouTube that they they keep trying to like get off YouTube, and then people keep uploading. Um, 
And here's the thing, like it, which makes all the other stuff so much more pathetic because it's like. But here's, if you're that confident, wouldn't you lean in? Wouldn't you be like, "This is hilarious"? Like I'm, like the the guy's a so-called multimillionaire, mm. living la vida loca. He's the top G. Mm. Would, wouldn't at that point you have so much confidence that even like a, an embarrassing rap, you'd be like, "Yeah, I sucked at that." Mm. Yeah, that's not really in the top G ethos. Yeah, the top G is. Don't let anyone know your secrets. Don't open up to anyone. Don't Dude, the, have any sort of humility. The top G swings so wild. It goes, how men can build more confidence. The next tweet two hours earlier is a quote from the Quran. <laughs> that's how you build an audience. That's a, that's a top G audience. That is a top G. Man, I don't know what goes on. He's tweeting like, he's tweeted like four times today. Surely the winds are too strong. Surely the cold bites. I'm here to tell you. Keep climbing. Powerful stuff. What the fuck? Dude, I don't I don't understand. And here's the thing, I don't need to. No. Which I don't brings need us to back either. to these Greek men in the streets. Yeah, imagine like, get, so- get back to what you were doing, lads. <laughs> get just It's so weird to fucking protest in Greece about the top G. But who are you protesting to? Because it's not like the Greek government can do anything about it. Maybe they ended up at um, the Romanian um, embassy. Embassy, Possibly. Also, this is what the top G gets. Because you spent the last two years talking shit about how Romania is the weakest government on the planet. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want. And then also spending like quite a lot of time talking about the way in which you are sex trafficking. <laughs> 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 kind of laying it out on the table. Like, I'm sure the fucking Romanian police force is pretty shit, but you kind of did give it all to them. It's a slam dunk. Mm. Also, yeah, I think he was trying to like hide in plain sight by just like admitting to the allegations from various locations around the globe. Mm. But who knows, mate? I mean... Mate, people that honestly... If you're a bald man that smokes cigars, you're not to be trusted, to be honest. No, I don't think you, so. You see that coming a mile away. Well, what about the bloody lid on his brother? Some of the wildest hair plugs we've ever seen. Yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, they look not so bad. They look they look a lot better than Top G's head, I guess. You know d- comedian Dan Soda? Mm. Hair plugs. Really? Yeah, they look good. They look good. Yeah, I think he got them recently. Damn, that's sick. But he, he was never bald. He was bald, never bald, bald. But he was thinning or whatever, yeah. Thinning. Fucking, I, to be honest, for the last about 15 years, I've been anti-science and maths just yep. as a whole. Not really into it. Think it's kind of deplorable. Kind of stuff you shouldn't unearth. Now that this is happening. Yeah. Pro-science, pro-math. Dude. Work well, it out, fellas. Dude, I honestly think we are just going to like, we're heading into the fucking, the golden <laughs> era of, of hair transplant replacement, oh. whatever's fucking medicines and stuff. Oh, mate. Dude, gonna- I can't wait to just... You, you'll just see the widow's peak go back, continue to go back over the next couple of years. And then when I'm 40, I'm just going to turn up at a barbecue one day <laughs> with a hairline that's just slapping you in the fucking face, just straight across the front. Oh, my God. <laughs> Billy looks like a 14-year-old Polynesian kid. <laughs> He's got dreadlocks. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be unreal. It's an inch above his eyebrows. Look at him go. It's growing further towards my eyebrows. By the end of the barbecue, I'm just like, I can't see. I've got so much hair. <laughs> Dude, what? Yeah, that, that's the thing is, mate, once you fucking. This is the. All right, this is the plan. All right. You bloody. You marry someone. Mm. You have three kids. Bup, bup, bup. Mm. Once the kids are out, they're healthy. 
ring your ding ding you've got the king don't need these hormones anymore testosterone levels are can be whatever they need to be fucking give me one of the greatest lids <laughs> the modern world has ever seen give me just fabio hair yeah that is the only way you really just need to get rich in this world. Oh, you got to get just, rich. You just got to get rich. You got to get rich. I, when I was younger and no one pulled me aside and was like, you're a fucking idiot. I was like, I don't need that much money. I just need to be, no, no, no. just need to be happy. And I found out you can be, um, it's just get money. Get just money. Just get money, get bitches. There's no- Get money, get <laughs> bitches. There's no other, because you can, you can have 65K a year and be like, well, I'm also not as happy as I thought I would be. So it's like, may as well have the money. A hundred percent, dude. And here's the thing is you pretty much, you can earn 65K a year for the rest of your life, but you're going to have to find a chick who probably has armpit hair. (laughs) So wrap your head around that, dude. Okay. Not as staggering of an idea for me, but still, sure. You're in the pocket with that, Rowan, but I've got some work to do. Okay. Um, Or you could marry into wealth. Yeah, but I also don't want my girlfriend's family to think I'm a cock. Yeah. As well. I have that on me as well. And here's the thing is you can marry into wealth, but get ready for 25 years of pretty icy barbecues before the old man carks it. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of banter when, when he sees you measuring up the fucking fourth bedroom going, yep, I'll put a few podcast mics in here. That Manscaped sponsorship is still going well. Yeah, exactly. You, don't, you just can't be a cock. No, you can't. You definitely can't. Unfortunately, me and you, we're too tall. Too tall to be a cuck. We've had we've had too much go right in our lives. If you're over six sacrifice. foot, you have a you have a obligation to earn at least a hundred k a year. Otherwise, you're pretty much just tricking birds at that point. Here's the thing: if you're six foot one walking around earning thirty three k a year, you need to write that on your shirt at the pub. Otherwise, you're <laughs> tricking young women. Yeah. Oh, I've tricked some women. Yeah, I, was about, I was about to say that's. I am a I am a hypocrite. <laughs> Wow, he's got a lot going on. I'm like three months in, like oh, few few less laughs, few more eye rolls. <laughs> the laugh turned to eye rolls pretty quick. <laughs> I didn't tell my girlfriend for so long. We're like, oh, by the way, I'm in like a bit of personal loan debt. <laughs> She's like, why are we going out to all these nice restaurants? I'm like, because I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Live fast, die young, babe. <laughs> she's like, she's like, we're gonna be together forever. Yeah, yeah. As long as I'm here. <laughs> As long as the bank doesn't chop my head off, we're all good. Yeah, I reckon I got about three more years of my girlfriend making more money than me. And then I'm like, Phew. that's uh, all right, mate. Now we've purchased this second microphone, mate. It's basically Spotify in here, bro. I uploaded a TikTok. It got sixty thousand hits. Lots of people tagged their mates. I bought a new microphone. We're about active and urgent we're in about 2023. Three to four years to making ourselves on the mainstream, dude. A hundred percent, mate. To see you turn it around like this is nothing short of inspiring. <laughs> well, I always thought, I was always told you can either be good at stand-up or be good at promotion. And now look who's good at both, mate. <laughs> look who's look who's mediocre at both. <laughs> no, bans aside, bans aside. And, and, you know, Rowan, the good thing is, mate, is you've garnered quite a few fans on this podcast now. The mm. pop you got at the live podcast. Mm, Did yeah. we talk about that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Was, I personally was I'm blown sure, away. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we dribbled on about it for at least seven minutes. Dude, I was blown away. But the good news is, if you want to see Rowan Arneal on the road this year, he'll be opening for me. So you buy yourself a ticket to Billy Darcy, 
and then I will, it'll trickle down to him eventually. <laughs> a bit of Reaganomics will be at work, mate. I was about to say, you know, shit slides downhill and, Ro- you know, my ticket sales, Rowan's pay, they might not reflect each other. <laughs> but we'll be chilling. We'll be chilling, okay? Look, I've, I come from a long history of being underpaid at stand-up comedy and I'm absolutely fine for it to continue. Don't hate the player, hate the game, okay? I am... You could say Rowan's underpaid, Bill. You've got to give him more. I am merely a cog in a broken system. <laughs> Rowan's got a weed whacker nose trimmer in front of him. Yeah, right I just now. gifted Rowan a Manscaped product. It's his first payment for these the seventy four podcasts he's done. <laughs> the eight hundred dollars of microphone he purchased. A hundred percent. All right, well, we've probably got one more thing here. I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, dude. Yeah. So I was at. Uh, I had to get an X ray the other day. And do you ever meet someone where you're like, this is like a genuine side character in the world in that like, it's just like, like, for example, we're at this, we're at this bar in New Orleans Mm. in America. And there was this bouncer and he was like a Skyrim character where like every single person that went in, he just said the same thing over and over again. He sat there um, like smoking cigarettes. He was fat as fuck. Like, I don't know what he could have done to secure the premises. With like a, he was bald, but with a ponytail that went like down to his waist. Whoa, I was imagining a black dude, white dude, white dude, gross, like tattoos, just the weirdest dude, um, just morbidly obese. And anyway, every single person that came to the door, he checked their ID. You know how they're like IDs? They're in, they're incessant on checking IDs in America, the security, mm. but they will not do anything to secure the premises in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, every single person came in, he said, ID, he said, we have one rule. If you're drinking, we're happy. And he just said that to every single person, like on repeat. I honestly would, thought we were like in a simulation. It was freaking me out. That's rough. Anyway, so I had to get an x-ray um, today and the guy, I was in like the waiting area and <laughs> like there was a guy, he didn't do the x-rays, but he was the guy who like took you to the x-ray room. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was at a hospital. So it was like, you know, it's a fucking maze in there. Anyway, every single person that came out, and we could all hear it. We're all in the same room. It's like five rows of chairs. He would go, Marjorie Green, and she'd be like, here. And he'd be like, congratulations, Marjorie. You've won a cat scan. Oh. And then, so he'd take her in, and then like, and then he comes back out, and then he goes, and then like 10 minutes would pass. Whatever. He, he, he didn't, he wasn't constant, but every 20 minutes, because I was there for fucking ages, he, go, he would come out and be like, Taylor Tomlinson, Congratulations, you've won an X-ray. And then like and then and then it comes to me, he goes, Billy Darcy, he goes, Congratulations, you've won an X-ray. And I go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then I get up and he goes, <laughs> he goes, mate. And he just like we got like a five-minute walk. Not not five minutes, sorry. We got like a one-minute walk mm. to the X-ray room. And this guy, mate, you want to see a pro work? You want to see like a fucking cruise ship comedian get into his work? Mm. This guy just starts banging him out. He goes, yeah. mate. I, I'll tell you exactly what your x-ray is going to look like. I go, what's that, mate? And he goes, black and white. <laughs> but then, hang on. That He's got one, his gear. And that one, I go, oh, fuck, I don't know about this. But then he kept ha- <laughs> he kept hammering it away to the point where by the time we got to the x-ray room, I actually had a deep sense of respect for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes, mate, don't talk to the radiographer. He'll see right through you. Oh, <laughs> So, like, I'm just like, oh, mate, good one. Yeah, um, of course. I'm loving it. And, uh, and then... <laughs> and he banged out like four of them. And then on the way out, um, he banged out another one. I can't remember what it said. 
<laughs> and I go, I go, I literally, I just broke. I, I, he broke me. Well, I just went, I went, oh, mate, outstanding. I go, I go, fuck it, L, man. How, how many times a day are you trotting these things out? <laughs> and then he broke as well. He goes, the nurses have told me if someone has a blunt instrument to shut up. <laughs> but do you ever meet someone like that where they're just doing the same thing over and over mm. and over? And it's like, fuck, is this guy even real? Mm. I, if you ever want to see someone like in the biggest glitch of a life ever, go 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 get your motorbike license. That's it. That's what it was. It was like he was a glitch. Yeah, yeah, dude. There was this guy that just I three hours for two days in a row to get your motorbike license years ago, and he just you could just see the beats in his head of everything that he was gonna say, and then he'd do his little joke, and we'd all go. <laughs> you're like dude you think there's so many ways that working for the government is like so soul crushing why you got to be so fucking insane about it dude yeah it's weird when you meet someone like that it's like whoa but i tell you what this guy he had great energy though mm, that is good because at the start i was like this sounds like the most depressing part of any hospital do you know what the funniest part was he had no hospital attire on whatsoever he just had shorts runners and a blank polo shirt there was nothing that would indicate that he even worked there. <laughs> and his only job, he was 65. I bet this is like a three-day-a-week gig, mm. easing into retirement. He's a fucking legend, this guy. Like, I don't, I'm not bashing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just wild. Yeah, he's just but, glitching out. And he was glitching out. And his only job was to walk people to and from the x-ray room. Mm. Like, he had no other role. Mate, working at a hospital, I don't know. They don't depress me as much as they depress everyone else. If you're the healthy guy, it would be kind of fun just ducking around. Oh, I'm kind of scared of hospitals, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really been in them very often, to be honest. No. Well, the 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 pretty much one and only time I had been to a hospital was just to say goodbye to Nan. <laughs> well, not say goodbye to Nan. She was actually quite chipper, but never saw her again. <laughs> just to say what up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I thought it was a what up, but it mm. turns out it was a, it was it was a goodbye. A, it was a goodbye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, Which nice is probably stuff. the best way to say goodbye. Yeah. Because you just hang. You mm. just have a great hang mm. and then and then that's that. Mm. You know, but um, but then yeah, that was my only hospital experience for like fucking twenty years. So you've been, you've been a healthy boy, yeah. Before you lost all your white blood cells, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Billy <laughs> is in a little bit of credit card debt, and he's low on white <laughs> blood cells as well. <laughs> Look, I'm coming to the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, and I would just say that if you want to see me, buy tickets to the first week <laughs> because I might not make the second. <laughs> Emotionally, physically. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, but, 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 feels like we've done enough. How long? I think I'm going to come down for like five days over the festival. Just for a little holiday. Yeah, cool. Check in with you. Mate, see, see how you're doing. I'd love to watch a breakdown. You'd love I to watch a breakdown? I just really want to have to wheel you into a hospital, get you in a little padded room. No, I'm going to have to fucking... I'm just going to have to run away from the gigs afterwards. So you don't get absolutely trolled. Yeah. Well, I might come down as a little bit of a bad influence, I think. Yeah. Well, actually, it's going to be sick because Freddie, Freddie McManus will also be there. Go check him out. Um, we're going to get a sick Airbnb. And it's going to be an absolute pad. And there's going to be a couch there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you can just stay with us. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, guys. That is the end of this week's episode. Bup, bup, bup. Tour announcements coming soon. They're coming. I'm finalizing the dates. Um, the administration is being done, as we all know from last year. And the previous three tours that were cancelled, these things take time. Okay, these things take time. But I should be announcing my tour next week. Rowan will be there for a lot of it. Come and see him, you know. 
come and see seven minutes of Rowan followed by a, an hour of me. And I think that's about as much as you'd want to see of each of us. I think those portions are perfect. <laughs> I, I think I may take some liberties up there with a little bit more than seven minutes once I get on that flight to Brisbane. Yeah, Now, yeah. now I've been to Brisbane twice. To be honest, I've visited my mate up there. I've visited my girlfriend's friends. There's a hell of a lot less in it for me right now. Yeah. Br- yeah, Brisbane, you could see him do upwards of 12. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it up. All right. Catch you, dude. Later.